Hi, this is Adam Feinberg from Harlem Stories. I'm, you know, uh, broadcasting alone today. My co-host Mark Becker is unfortunately unable to to join us today, but you know, hopefully I can give you some interesting material just by myself. Do love the banter that we have with Mark, so um, but hopefully I can still make this as interesting as possible for you. Uh, Harlem Stories, we're now broadcasting and releasing episodes uh, bi-weekly. Uh, always want to give you great content and, you know, ultimately, I'd rather give you better content less frequently than lousier content more frequently. So, you know, uh, going forward, you know, uh, every two weeks, we'll have to drop a new episode. Uh, today, what we're going to discuss is the stories of the Autobahn Historic District. And um, if you're not familiar, and a lot of people, you know, the you know uh, might be familiar with John James Audubon and you know the naturalist. Uh, most people think of, oh yeah, yeah, he's the 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 bird guy, the Audubon Society. Uh, well, ultimately, that was created by you know as a result or, or named after uh, uh, for John James Audubon. Well. He, you know, lived in the southern portion of uh, Washington Heights, and you know, uh, ultimately the the neighborhood, the historic district, is now named after him. Um, so, what we're talking about is the section of Southwest Washington Heights. Um, it is, you know, now an official historic district called the Audubon Park Historic District. Um, it, it was. You know, land that was purchased by John James Audubon, uh, he purchased at uh, a total of about 14 acres of land, and he built a large mansion along the Hudson River shortly after he published his now famous book, Birds of America. Uh, John died in 1851, and the surviving family sold the land in small portions throughout the 1850s and 1860s. Uh, in 1892, the, the city prohibited new wood frame construction, and the first masonry structures began to appear in Audubon Park, where a row of 12 three-story townhouses constructed in 1896 on West 158th Street. So if you're coming off the, the West Side Highway and you're going you know, uh, to the east uh, and you exit off at the 158th Street exit, you know, off the, the highway, and you just go east, you know, off of the exit ramp, you're going to pass these 13 row houses. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, 12 row houses, you know, my mistake. Uh, and, and as you're going up the hill, that's where you'll, you'll see them. Uh, and so these row houses have been a target for redevelopment as well as historic preservation in recent years. You know, it's worth mentioning I know there's an effort still uh, alive and, and kicking, you know, in trying to, you know, turn these into, you know, preservation targets. Um, the Interborough Rapid Transit, and going back a, a little bit in time over here, the IRT line, you know, for old-time New Yorkers, it arrived on Broadway at West 157th in 1904, and Autobahn Park was ready for the explosive growth with the new with the first new buildings constructed in 1905, just outside the Audubon Park boundary. Um, now, 
you know, for those of you that might be familiar with, uh, you know, with HDFCs, you'll notice in, you know, within that district over there at actually at 800 Riverside Drive, there is a building called the Grinnell. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, I, I guess as a legacy name because the Grinnell family held on to most of the, of the former Autobahn estate property and sold it to a syndicate developers in 1908. Uh, but obviously, you know, this was among the land, that, you know, where the Grinnell at 800 Riverside Drive is currently located. And if you're not familiar with it, it's a grand building. It was built to be luxury. Um, and, you know, the apartments are large and spacious and airy. Um, you know, just there isn't much out there that you can compare it to. Very unique building. Uh, a year later, there were, you know, after the syndicate of developers, uh, you know, bought the properties in 1908, uh, in 1909, nine apartment buildings were constructed and replaced the wood frame villas. You know, so these wood frame villas were actually, you know, quite luxurious at, at the time. Um, and it was kind of like a getaway from the city. And, uh, and you know, now obviously this is, you know, part of, you know, the Manhattan cityscape. But, you know, back then it was, you know, you were out in the country. Um, during that post-IRT period and until, I, I'd say, about 1932, 19 apartment houses were constructed in the Autobahn Historic District. And these buildings were marketed for upper middle class tenants. Um, the construction, though, you know, started and, you know, some of these things, uh, um, you know, go back a little bit. Um, there was the Audubon Terrace uh, complex. And, you know, uh, many people of, of today know it from its multiple cultural institutions. That's where it was designed to be. And it's it was almost like uh, a collection uh, of educational and cultural museums, uh, you know, one right after the another. And, you know, today, um, it, it, well, it was uh, intended to be a complex uh, of museums. Uh, the original complex included the Church of Our Lady Esperanza and the Hispanic Society of, uh, of America. Uh, at one point, and this goes to, you know, uh, somebody with my type of background, uh, there was the, the American Numismatic Society, the ANS. Uh, they also uh, called this location home. Uh, and it's notable in my life because I was deeply involved in numismatics growing up as a child, or otherwise known as coin collecting. Uh, so, you know, for those that are not familiar, you know, that that is, you know, certainly... Uh, you know, interesting. I actually had a friend that uh, growing up, you know, that actually interned at the ANS when they were at this location. Um, you know, both he and the, you know, he actually was still involved in numismatics. You know, um, you know, uh, and, and uh, you know, the but the ANS had actually moved, you know, down, uh, down all the way downtown. Um, the original institutions that were included were the Hispanic Society of America, the Church of Our Lady Esperanza, the American Numismatic Society, uh, the American Geographic Society, and the Museum of the American Indian. Uh, today, the complex is occupied by Hispanic Society of America, still there. Uh, the American Academy Arts of Letters uh, that I actually one of our agents has a relative actually going to school there. I know that much. And uh, Bariqua College as well. Um, 
I, I'm I'm gonna be working at at some future date on an episode where I tie the connection with the American Numismatic Society and Harlem resident Maya Angelou. Stay tuned for that. Uh, I think that it will be interesting to kind of connect the dots and uh, how you know uh, uh, you know all these you know very separate uh, you know uh, items are your are interconnected uh, now. Contained within this land today over here is there's also the Riverside Oval. Um, it's located within the historic district. And, you know, uh, most people don't realize, you know, just how far north that Riverside Park actually goes. And it actually goes to, the, you know, this Riverside Oval. That's the northernmost section of Riverside Park. Um, and today you, there's a group of volunteers, uh, residents of the neighborhood that, that, uh, that volunteer to maintain the oval. Uh, on the other end, on the southern end of the, you know, uh, of the district is, uh, and we've talked about this in other episodes as well, is, you know, it's the border of Hamilton Heights and Washington Heights. Uh, Trinity Cemetery is across the street from the residential side of the historic district. Um, and, you know, it's one of the few active barrow grounds in Manhattan with possibly just a, a few remaining openings. Uh, I don't quite know what it, uh, you know, what it looks like today, but I know that, you know, pre-COVID they had a few possibilities remaining. You know, a few years had passed, so I don't know, maybe they're at capacity at this point. Uh, the cemetery, though, belongs to Trinity Church. It's, you know, if you haven't heard this in other episodes, just to rehash quickly, um, the cemetery, it belongs to the same Trinity Church that has the graveyard in Lower Manhattan. Uh, that was filled to capacity in the early 19th century. Uh, that the, the land for the cemetery was uh, purchased from Richard F. Carmen, who now has a micro-neighborhood within Hamilton Heights called Carmensville. And it was named after him, of course. Uh, now, nobody actually knows the full boundaries of Carmensville. Uh, it seems tenuous and, you know, but, but what we do know for certain is that, uh, is that Richard F. Carmen had owned a tremendous amount of property, you know, uh, north of 125th Street. So that much we know for sure. Um, but, you know, what was considered actually the neighborhood of Carmensville that, you know, we, we don't have the full extent on. And I'll discuss Carmensville in a whole separate episode. But, you know, what I can offer right now is that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, he grew up in the, uh, in the uh, uh, you know, practicing on the court of the Carmensville playground. And, you know, that is better known today as the battlegrounds. You know, and I'm not a sports person. However, though, you know, there, there's people out there that, you know, that are familiar with the battlegrounds, you know, because that is one of the most competitive uh, locations to learn to play basketball or to play basketball in, in, in the country. And, you know, a lot of uh, those in the NBA will, you know, keep an eye out on the playgrounds over there. Um, and if you're famous and, 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 you know, want to come back home or, you know, or, or play at the, the Carmensville, uh, the battlegrounds or the, the playground over there, uh, ultimately you're expected to bring, bring it, you know, just because you're in the NBA, that doesn't excuse you from, you know, doing things light. 
they take that very seriously there. So, you know, if you go expect a, a great show and if you're planning on on perhaps playing, I'm like, you know, be prepared. You know, the, you know, some of the best are playing there. Um, but, you know, the cemetery wall uh, was interestingly used as a line of defense uh, drawn by the Continental Army in 1776 after the British defeated George Washington in the Battle of Harlem Heights. Now, longtime listeners might remember that we've done, actually done an episode on the Battle of Harlem Heights, um, but you know this particular one, you know, a plaque can be a plaque be, can be found marking the site along the fence on Broadway. Uh, you know, and and you can always go back into our you know prior episodes and listen to that episode of Harlem Heights, and it did involve. Uh, it, it did actively involve George Washington. Uh, we'll talk about George Washington a lot in these episodes, uh, just to give you a better sense. Uh, the cemetery itself has uh, a lot of famous figures uh, that are interred there, uh, permanently resting in peace, uh, including John Jacob Astor, um, famously known as Dying on the Titanic. Uh, and we actually have done an episode on the ha Astors as well. Uh, Alfred Tennyson Dickens, son of Charles Dickens, uh, and godson of, of Alfred Lloyd Tennyson, um, you know, it, it rests there. And, you know, we, we talk a little bit about that in additional episodes as well. Uh, as do we talk about Clement Clark Moore, and we give additional detail on, on his background. But to be short, uh, he wrote the poem... Uh, uh, you know, uh, relating to St. Nicholas, uh, I forgot the name of it correctly, but uh, but everyone knows the poem that's, "'Twas the night before Christmas, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." Well, you know, that, that's, that was the work of Clement Clark Moore. Uh, more recent, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, people that have been interred in the cemetery, uh, former New York City Mayor Ed Koch and former Law & Order store star, and I'll always know him as Lenny Briscoe from Law & Order, uh, but his true name is Jerry Orbach, and, you know, and, uh, you know, it's also worth noting, uh, especially from a pop culture perspective, that scenes from the Royal Tannenbaums were shot here. Uh, just across the street and uh, sort of borderline, whether it's, you know, part of the historic district, uh, uh, you know, for the Autobahn Historic District, is the Church of the Intersection. And it's, you know, at 155th, and it's the east side of Broadway. Uh, it was completed in 1950. Its Episcopal congregation existed in the neighborhood uh, long before the, the building was structured, uh, was built. And they needed, uh, actually they had a couple locations nearby and they needed to consolidate these locations. Uh, it was founded originally in 1846 and entered in an agreement with Trinity Church. And they were, Trinity Church was actually originally planning on constructing a chapel in the cemetery anyway. So, you know, one way or the other, there was going to be a, a, a chapel. Um, but the, the Tudor Revival style is connected uh, to the church by a cloister surrounding a small 
courtyard. So on occasion, you know, that cloister actually makes for great filming. So I, I do remember there was a Nicolas Cage movie that wasn't widely released. Can't recall the name of it. Uh, but they did definitely did some filming in there with the cloister. Absolutely beautiful, you know, location. Um, there's also tombs under uh, beneath the church. Uh, and, and actually, that is uh, can be rented out as a as a rental space and then uh, a place to entertain. And it's actually a pretty cool place. I know that Saturday Night Live and some bands, uh, you know, well known bands have come, you know, through that space and held uh, after parties uh, there, uh, you know, in the in the crypt area. So it's kind of a cool space. Go down, explore. That's I I, I always say I'm like the you know the purpose behind. Uh, you know, so many of our, these episodes is to kind of encourage you to go out and explore, know the history of these neighborhoods and, you know, you know, just pick out, you know, what would interest you. But yeah, always explore the neighborhoods. Um, but what's finally what's worth mentioning over here is that a week before uh, Christmas the tr at the Church of the Intercession, they do a formal reading of the poem, uh, A Visit from St. Nicholas, and you know that's the one they mentioned before, uh, as it was written by Clement Clark Moore, who permanently resides or rests in the cemetery. Um, there's a bunch of residential buildings in the historic district today, many of which were designed by star architects during the, their day of the early 1890s. I'm sorry, the, the early 1900s. Uh, and some of these star architects included George F. Pelham, Neville and Baggy, Schwartz and Gross, George and Edward Blum, Emery Roth, as well as uh, a few others. So you'll, these are all the same names that you'll hear me, uh, you know, talk about over and over again in the episodes. You know, these were the star architects of the day. Um, some of these buildings have since been converted into condos and co-ops available for purchase. Uh, I've sold quite a number in in the historic district. Uh, I think it's uh, a great value. You know, there's. You know, I, I guess the positives are, you know, that it's you're getting great space for the right price, uh, and and that right price is you know meant for affordable living. Um, you know, the I guess the downside though is it you know it does feel a little bit more remote, uh, and the you know while there the C train is not too far of a walk, uh, the only really truly convenient subway train over there is the is the one. So that's kind of like the downside of, of that area. Um, we'll talk uh, much more about this in, in a future episode. The Morris Jamel Mansion, it's just outside the Audubon Historic District and we'll we'll talk we'll have an entire episode on its history uh, along with the wooden clapboard houses on the cobblestone street. Uh, called Sylvan Terrace that still stands today. And Sylvan Terrace was uh, originally, you know, meant for, you know, the, the horses and, you know, and, and, you know, and some of the servants to, you know, reside in. Um, you know, today the Morris Dumel Mansion, it's a mansion with ties to George Washington, General George Washington and Aaron Burr. And, you know, that's where we just get a little interesting uh, past episodes uh, and future episodes will start connecting all these dots together, but you're you're going to hear a lot about Aaron Burr, George Washington, and a whole bunch of other founding fathers over and over again. 
Um, but, you know, one of the last things I think that's worth mentioning right now is, you know, due to the very nature that this was, you know, neighborhood was named or, or sub-neighborhood was named after John James Audubon, the the uh, the naturalist, um, it only makes sense that there was an art project by a gallery uh, no longer in the, in the area, but uh, but what they uh, but they did is they you know on the sides of some of the buildings and including the front of one building, um, bird mules were uh, were painted on the side of the building, um, and it was a pretty cool art project and you can see it through the northern portion of Hamilton Heights and a little bit into the southern portion of Washington Heights, so uh, you know I, I think that was kind of like a cool project that was undertaken and you know it, it definitely gives it a very different unique vibe and feel of everything you know again uh thank you for joining us today you know for another episode of harlem stories again we want to encourage you to you know go out there you know explore these neighborhoods have some fun with it uh, we're not historians, but we we certainly love history and we love bringing to you some of the more important points. And uh, again, thank you so much. And I hope to, you know, to produce some great material for you in the future. Until then, have a great day.